Here today, I might it might come to pass that I talk about the one and only the our beloved, our beloved uh, soul sister in the sky, Joe Rogan. He's a blessing to us all, and if only we could capture the brilliance of the mind of who we call the one we call Joe Rogan, then maybe we can move on in society. So let me preface what I'm saying by saying. The following that I preface what I'm saying, which is um, a precursor, it's kind of like a disclaimer to what I'm saying about Joe Rogan. It's a but, uh, and it's a preface to what I'm saying about him. I saw one of his stand-up comedy specials, and from the year 2000 or so, and he made the point about respecting your elders. Elders, he's like, he was just saying that the phrase was kind of bullshit. Like, respect your elders. You don't need to respect your elders. It's the point he was making in the comedy special that I saw. It's like, you don't you don't need to respect your elders. That's not necessary. It's not like your elders... It's not like your elders uh, know more about the situation in your life than you, you know? About your situation, your life, respect your elders. Like, if you do carry out respect your elders, that's just kind of... That's not going to apply very accurately to the specific situations that play out in your life, uh, respect your elders is like is to blanket that over stuff that you do. It would, would just be a superstitious way of living. Respect your elders. As long as you carry that out, that's just kind of like a superstition, but elders are going to want to act as if it's more than a superstition, as if it's true to life, like you're always supposed to respect your elders. It's just something passed on by elders, but it speaks to a relationship that we have where we distance ourselves from, uh, respecting ourselves to make our own decisions. Respect your elders. You give responsibility to elders to tell you what to do is the point that Joe Rogan was making. That wasn't my point. That was the point that Joe Rogan made. And so I want to use that point to say to uh, be able to disrespect Joe Rogan, somebody who I guess I could consider to be an elder. But is he's somebody, it's almost like everybody in the podcasting world or people interested in podcasting they would see joe rogan as an elder of sorts seeing as that he's the person that revolutionized the industry brought it to the forefront there are people that had podcasts before him but he's generally seen as the guy to revolutionize the industry it's not like uh he's not deserving of that title he basically is the father of podcasting the forefather of podcasting so he's like an elder to people who make podcasts and uh joe rogan you joe rogan he makes a podcast he has one and he has lots of science people on his podcast he's lots of science people he's lots of he has lots of mathematicians whatever like astrophysicists and uh marine biologists sure he probably has a couple marine biologists but he has futurists on his podcast if you haven't seen it he talks a lot about uh drugs and that he does them and and whatever else i think that i think a big part of the influence he has is that we understand him to have taken all the heaviest drugs he's taking he's gone the furthest as that you can go in taking the drugs He's gone as far as you could go in the drug taking. He's taken DMT, which we understand to be the most hardcore hallucinogenic drug. And he's taken all the furthest hallucinogenic drugs and is sort of like the authority on them, seeing as that he's one of the few people who has a platform and is speaking on what happens when you're under the influence of something like DMT or LSD or mushrooms. And a lot of people like, a lot of people read authority and influence into him for doing that. I think, uh, I think that's actually a really big part of why he has so much influence is because we live in a time where people are trying to, uh, understand transcendence in something other than religion. They're, they, like people are interested in the transcendence of hallucinogenic drugs is kind of the time that we're living in. And so somebody like Joe Rogan is seen as the authority on them. And so he gets a lot of influence and power besides that for whatever other reasons but i think that that's that's a reason that doesn't get enough credit as to why joe rogan has as much viewership as he does is because is because we live in a time where people are interested in the hallucinogenic drugs worldview and what can like uh the transcendence that can come from taking hallucinogenic drugs and like what that 
will do for you. People believe in that, like that there's some there's that there's transcendence in it, that there's more beyond what this earth has to offer us once you if you uh take hallucinogenic drugs and it's like joe rogan is our guide for that seeing as that he took all of them and so i think that this whole joe rogan thing only ends when we develop greater hallucinogenic drugs which we will do at some point like the lsd and dmts of today we're going to create more specified drugs into the future off of the like original roots you know off of the original chemicals that are that compose an lsd or a dmt like we'll use those same chemicals and make more specified drugs that are derivatives of the originals the same way that we take like a potato root and then make 40 different kinds of potatoes or whatever we take like some original coffee bean root and then make a billion different kinds of coffee beans or you can just make different vegetables off of like a tomato a rose out of a cauliflower root or something like that's not a true example i'm just trying to i just don't know enough about it i'm i'm trying to make the point that a lot of the vegetables that we have today just came off like different vegetables came off of the same original like potato root or something like that but that's what uh, that's what we would do as long as the as long as the world is being more inundated with hallucinogenic drugs and people's use of them. They're going to develop more specified versions of it that that have different effects on people than LSD, and then would then would cause people to have different worldviews. Like because Joe Rogan's worldview is in part is is created off of what he knows from taking like a dmt or an lsd but like what whatever it is that whatever you receive from taking those like that's part of his worldview like that what he believes in what he believes to be transcendent about life or like that he thinks he can talk to aliens or that you should view your connection to aliens in outer space as being connected to taking hallucinogenic drugs like uh that's that's part of his worldview and i think like his influence only subsides when we, when other people using different hallucinogenic drugs to give them different worldviews are speaking on those worldviews and those worldviews are then more interesting. It's just that like, it's just kind of hard, I'd say in this current time period for people to find a more transcendent uh, medium to, to, uh, to like or to aspire towards than hallucinogenic drugs. Honestly, because people believe that to be uh, greater than ideas in the current time period. People believe that to be greater than like religious gods, honestly, like because we're trying to we're trying to talk to aliens and that kind of thing. Uh, allegedly, we're like people are reading aliens to be God now. Like that's what people think. That's the uh, character or the image or the kind of person that we're saying is like a god is aliens at this point because we're like oh it's aliens that are giving us direction in our life that are out in the ether telling us what to do through things that they've given us on earth like hallucinogenic drugs you know that's what people that's what people believe and uh that's what people believe and who am i to who am i to discredit that it's just kind of um I think it's interesting all the weed culture of things and like the stigma that would develop around smoking weed because like a stigma that would develop around it like we make things like stoner comedy as a genre because to give to read all these stereotypes into smoking weed like if you smoke weed you have to talk really slow or like you just have to laugh at stupid things or you're just stupider and your mind is slower and you become stupider the more that you smoke it and like like that's a stigma that would develop around weed but like the stigma kind of includes that that we just see stoner comedy as a as a genre like uh that you can't that it's not just regular comedy like things aren't just funny if you're smoking weed they're like weed funny there's like there's a separation between society and then people who smoke weed you see that with terms that develop or ways stereotypes that people use to describe people who smoke weed and uh this whole like the whole Joe Rogan thing is like Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan, we're connected to outer space. Joe Rogan, like we're, he's our connection to outer space. Like that's, that seems to be what it is sometimes. It's like, how are we going to, because who else is going to be? Nobody else is the leading podcaster. Nobody else has the most 
uh, futurists and whatever science people, people connected to outer space, uh, people who are trying to go into outer space, and then Joe Rogan, like, Joe Rogan's our connection to outer space. There's no, who else is going to be? And so it's kind of like Joe Rogan becomes a sort of savior figure to people because who else is going to lead us out of the earth besides like the Joe Rogans or the Elon Musks of the world as if like those are the only people that could arise, like like uh, Joe Rogan's the only kind of person that could arise that's going to do that. And uh, I'm just kind of interested in like, what's could could somebody explain the connection between smoking weed and outer space? Because... Or in the Joe Rogan, like, oh, we're all like, ooh, all the mysticism of going to outer space and like all the creativity that comes from smoking weed to connect us to outer space. Uh, as if that's like, that's what happens when you do hallucinogenic drugs. It's like you are, you are connected to outer space as if you're not just in the world already, as if you're not like a million steps away from connecting to outer space, as if you don't have to take practical steps to go into outer space. Like you don't have to develop technologies to do that or something like like uh oh yep we're pretty much in outer space at the point that you experiment with your imagination like like uh all the all the mysticism of it all the um but like yes we built and you see it and you see we build up this relationship to aliens as part of the joe rogan culture part of the mantra or the attitude mentality of it it's like this relationship to aliens where it's like, oh, we're going to we're going to finally talk to the aliens. We see the aliens. There's a big spike in everybody talking about aliens and like apparently an alien activity itself, according to like as related to the spike and everybody talking about it, the widespread discussion. Like, I think that aliens are real. Um, I think that aliens are real. I believe in aliens. Uh, it would be it would be illogical to speak on behalf of the entire universe and say that the entire rest of the universe is not you you can't just assume that it's not filled with aliens i think it's more i think it would be a better way of going about it to say that there are aliens rather than to say that there aren't because to say that there aren't is just like you don't you don't imagine that any other planet could possibly exist in the expanse of infinity uh you think that earth is the only one i think that there's aliens i believe in them i think it's just funny that i think it's just funny that podcasters like all the a lot of podcasters always have to have some sort of alien swag to show that they're a podcaster to show that they're connected to being transcendent like oh aliens they want to associate themselves with aliens it's part of my identity is just aliens because i'm like going out into outer space with me podcasting that's part of what podcasting is but like that's just that's just podcasting mentality brought on by joe rogan mentality is like a connection to outer space through podcasting like the like that's that's how transcendent the medium is supposed to be you're supposed to read it to be so transcendent that it's like you're getting to the point that we're just talking to aliens we have a connection with them and it's like uh and it's like practically speaking unless aliens come down and say like oh we're here to help or connect you with the rest of the universe which i guess they might do this possibility you have to consider if you're somebody who believes in aliens like uh if they don't do that there's still like a million of these practical steps that you have to take to uh real to go to aliens there's like kind of a lot in the way of us getting to aliens it could be really centuries away it's not like we're really there now just because we started talking about aliens or that's just going to come about there's like practical steps practical steps that you have to take in order to meet aliens it's just that people think that doing enough weed smoking enough weed doing enough hallucinogens will make it so that we're connected with aliens or whatever like there isn't still this physical gap chasm between us and whatever the nearest alien is like uh can you can you explain the process like is that the next logical step is that you smoke weed and then boom aliens is that the next logical step you smoke weed and then we are connected to outer space is that really like we connect that mentality to like could you explain how that works how outer space is the same thing as doing hallucinogenic drugs and um could you explain how that works to me and it's like all these people, all these podcasters that have to have some alien swag are like, they're ultimately trying to kiss up to Joe Rogan so they can make it on the Joe Rogan podcast. Like that's, that's, uh, they have to be part of that mentality. They will like want to be, they want to be associated with aliens the same way they want to be associated with Joe Rogan and associated with podcasts. That's an aesthetic, like the alien podcast, you know, and it's just like, there's like, can't we do something else? Can we do something else? Do I have to, do I have to listen to this? mantra always isn't there somebody else can be like i want somebody else to be the person that you want to go on their show uh or that but like i feel like at some point things transpire that that's not the case anymore it's just like it's hard to realize that any future would be one that any other future would happen besides the one where joe rogan is the guy that everybody wants to get on a show but it'll probably be that way for a while it's not like i'm 
it is like I'm complaining, but it's like, whatever. Obviously, that's the way that it is. It's just that there's better things to be. There's better futures to understand. There's different eras in humanity besides the one that we're living in. I feel like in a time of a pandemic, we get more caught into thinking that the current times are the times far into the future. This is always the way it's going to be, and we're going to have to look to... It's like people act like we have to look to Joe Rogan to help us go into the future because he's the guy who knows, who has the most authority on the things that we deem to be transcendent at this moment. And so like that's transcendence. We have to to understand transcendence but like that we that we distance ourselves you know we try to distance ourselves from transcendence like creativity isn't like i don't mean to trivialize it say creativity and talent are big things because they're they are big things to us right now that's what we that's what we read transcendence into is like mediums like that and so our connect we're always trying to connect ourselves to transcendence it's just that the mediums our explanations our definitions our language for transcendence is different at different times we translate it into different languages based on the current time period we use language specific to the time period the same way that uh, in different periods of war different eras of humanity we've translated the idea of weapon of weaponry into different weapons like it used to just be your bare hands and then at some point it was blunt objects and that we translate the idea of attacking somebody with a weapon into all these different forms these different definitions and we eventually translated into like swords and uh cutlery uh, like cutlery we translate it into cutlery. We translate it into bows and arrows. Like that's a way that you can attack somebody. But it is the same idea that uh, you're getting at, which is attacking somebody with a weapon. It's just that that idea is translated into different definitions and different terms as time goes on. We do the same thing, and so then it was translated into machine guns at some point. And like that's a that's a, like a machine gun is still uh, an extension of you. It's like when you're using a weapon, it's an extension of you. And it's an extension view that's a different translated version of a thing that you're using to attack somebody, but it's that same idea of attacking somebody. It's just translated into different languages over different eras of humanity. You do the same thing with transcendence. It's translated into different languages. And at this point, our transcendence languages are like creativity, Joe Rogan. It's like creativity, talent, uh, whatever. That's, that's what we think is transcendent. Aliens, like we're looking, people are looking to aliens for like, that's kind of like what God is to people. Like that's what's going to guide us. That's what gives us direction. It's like the idea of talking to aliens. That's the way that we're describing it is talking to God. This is what you're saying. It's like people are like saying talking to God or having some sort of transcendent direction or uh, meaning in their life that goes beyond what they are that they would have uh that they would have some meaning that they're trying to protect or a direction that they have to go in life that you would re that you would believe yourself to have a greater meaning than what you already know like that's just transcendence and we read we speak of transcendence in different ways over different areas of humanity it's just that in one of the prevalent ones now is that it's aliens that are giving us guidance and that's what we say that we're talking to if we do an, a hallucinogenic drug that connects us connects us to the things that we deem to be more transcendent like creativity and talent or creativity and like uh outer space whatever is like outer space is we understand outer space to be transcendent now which is like something we didn't exactly recognize before but it's something we've been recognizing over the last half century especially since we've gone into outer space we're building a relationship with outer space which like outer space is physically we already understand it's transcendent because it's transcendent in the sense that it ascends around us in every single direction it is transcendent physically in every direction is outer space is the universe and like uh yeah it, like that is automatically transcendent and now we understand now we're just getting wise to that that's language that we can use for it or is is some is a direction we should aim our transcendence towards it's like uh you know but um but it is what it is as if you're just going to be able to talk to aliens when you start taking mushrooms or something like and that that's practically that's practically what happens as if it's not just something that you it's as if it's not just an activity that you start doing like like the people it's people's misunderstanding of things like mushrooms and lsd that cause them to say that it is uh absolutely transcendent taking those drugs like people act as if it's totally transcendent to the point that you find to the point that it's not just an activity you do it is like beyond what you do but that's that's just the message that joe rogan is selling you on like that's just all this joe rogan thing like this uh mysticism around like oh how do you like connection to outer space what if people are creative what if people are talented 
what if people are like, oh, it's like creativity. It's like you finally recognize creativity within yourself. You finally see yourself who you finally are as if like, well, it is also just an activity that you do too, that you take the drugs. It's just an activity. I'm not going to tell you it's not transcendent. Like it's not really magical. Like it's not, uh, I'm just telling you the mentality of smoking weed is like, whoa what's gonna happen whoa we're all spaced out like that whole we're spaced out for smoking weed oh it's just like magical what's gonna we're just so connected with the universe oh for doing hallucinogens so connected to it like I'm sure you feel way more connected with it than if you didn't take hallucinogens. It's just like, that's kind of just one step in the process. It's not the ultimate thing. And Joe Rogan isn't the ultimate person to try to tell you about that. Like as if LSD is as far as it goes, like that's what a Joe Rogan or a Duncan Trussell is going to try to sell you on is that LSD is as far as it goes, as if there aren't other drugs that are going to be developed that tell you different things and give you different states of consciousness. Like like LSD, you're going to learn about that peace and love is the entire universe and that you as a person have nothing to say because you should have ego death. And like that's the message of LSD and that's the absolute message. It's just like they're touting a religion that's based around hallucinogenic drugs, is what I'm telling you. And uh, the more that you give power to the religion is the more that you... You uh, discredit the practicality of making it into outer space or understanding your imagination to be similar to the universe or something like like it's not it doesn't it doesn't just happen that your imagination is the same thing as the universe or like that. I'm saying that the capacity of your imagination to to create different states of consciousness on different hallucinogenic drugs is the same as like infinite worlds that could appear in the universe. It doesn't just like it doesn't just happen that you are connected to the universe in that way that you can like that you understand lots of different states of consciousness just because you take hallucinogens like you it's just an activity that you do that helps you learn about yourself and and isn't the ultimate activity like there's better things to do there's better things there's better podcasters to be than joe rogan like i i say this all for a generation of people like i say this all for people my age that are looking into a future of the next 30 years like oh what are do we just have to listen to joe rogan's worldview forever because he has the highest worldview possible because that's just like the current worldview is one that's based around transcendence being read into hallucinogenic drugs and it's like uh there's there's better there's better people to be there's better people to be there's better things than that it's just like well joe rogan i think it's interesting that baby boomers don't or generation x whatever one joe rogan is whatever generation is above mine they don't read into that joe rogan is like the cornerstone of like he's the he's what they're he's the uh dream of their ancestors like he's the cornerstone of a baby boomer generation x mentality because he represents them and he represents them in uh and tells you what's transcendent about life and people believe transcendence like to be associated with his worldview and like his heroes to be the actual heroes and whatever like he he's a representative of the generation above mine and he uh gives credit to the same heroes that the generation above mine would give credit to like like i was watching him talk to bob saget and i was interested to watch it because i am interested in bob saget as a person i think he's talented and pretty pretty funny but like he's uh he's more interesting than just him being the character in full house and uh, i was really into the interview that they were doing for about 10 minutes and then past 10 minutes i was like okay i couldn't possibly listen to this for any longer because it's nauseating because they're just kissing each other's ass about how kind they are in life how great they are how emotionally supportive they are of each other and how emotional each each of them are like it like bob saget is just basically talking about that he's a delicate flower who gets emotional and cries about things like uh but 
he's on there to not disturb Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan's not going to disturb Bob Saget, and they're both going to give each other credit for being celebrities and being famous and like uh, actually enjoying life. Like they're the two they're two people that actually get it right and understand they take responsibility for their lives and their place in life. Like that's just that was the entire extent of the conversation is what I realized after ten minutes. This between Bob Saget and Joe Rogan is just they they're both there to tell each other how great they are and how great they are for being actually kind people and whatever like there's no as if there's no uh disagreement to be found in people but like that's that would be a complaint that i have with the joe rogan podcast it's like uh they all they all go all the conversations go really well like pretty much all of them as if it's like entirely carefree as if joe rogan doesn't have any dissenting opinion toward like he doesn't he acts like he has a dissenting opinion to his guests like one percent of the time which is like which isn't that much of a different take on things than a late night talk show host if it's like really that carefree like people should be arguing more with each other because i think that people are just argumentative in real life i mean not not practically they aren't they don't argue but i'm just saying as far as emotional expenditure goes people emotionally want to throw hurl insults at each other more than they lead on not that they actually do but um maybe we get to a point one day where people do hurl insults at each other they finally let on that they don't like each other like people don't like each other as much as they say and there's a lot of interviews that carry on on joe rogan's podcast that are just well, just people kissing up to Joe Rogan. Like, I think Joe Rogan is a carefree guy, generally speaking, so he has no problem with, like, whatever, just having regular conversations or overlooking people that he doesn't like in the name of becoming more popular. But that's what you do to become more popular is that you have to look carefree in lots of situations, be accepting of lots of opinions so that you don't... Like, you don't... If you show that you're disagreeable, especially when the culture wants to see that you're just a kind person that gets along with other people, like, they're, they're going to look for things that are wrong with you more easily if it should... You reveal that you disagree with other people's opinions or that you're a disagreeable person or you're like unlikable in some way you don't want to appear unlikable hence you have a popular podcast you, you trend toward popularity the more likable you are the more that you're just able to accept everybody's opinion and people on your show and not and look over the things that they say that you don't like because there's plenty of things that people that are guests on joe rogan's show say that joe rogan doesn't like but he just overlooks it. he just carries on a, in a different line of conversation or doesn't appear dislikable in any way when when he hears things that he doesn't like he tries a but i guess that's like what you do as a host of a show it's just that that's actually not that's actually not that much different from a late night talk show format if you are still trying to be a host and still trying to be popular and still trying to be likable it's actually not like there's better things to be than that you can have a podcast where you all shit on each other the entire you where you shit on each other more i think it's i think that that's a better thing than uh like that that allows for more free dialogue and discussion when people aren't trying to maintain uh level-headedness maintain a safe face type of dialogue with each other if, if you're not trying to maintain safe face dialogue then you will be more free and open with your emotions and you'll say things that are more true i'm just saying that there are podcasts that can be more relatively truthful than a joe rogan podcast where we're currently seeing a Joe Rogan podcast as like the most relatively truthful thing, like the most free and open thing possible. I'm just saying there are things that are more free and open than that. So you don't have to worry about the next 30 years, us just having to listen to Joe Rogan. Like there's things that you can poke holes in with Joe Rogan. And uh, that's like, that should be other people's job. That should be podcasters job is to <laughs> tear other people down. People should try to tear down my podcast. Like that should be uh, generally speaking, but it's like uh, not, not necessarily. It's not like I would like that, but there's everything that you encounter in life is, is stuff that you don't like. People talk shit about you no matter what people like. So you should just say what you want to just like let people talk shit. You need to make sure that when people are talking shit about you, it's for you that you, uh, that you relayed yourself the right way so that they're talking shit about what you want them to talk shit about like you have to be uh don't be the person that like just make it just make sure you allow yourself to uh people are just going to talk shit about you no matter what so let them talk shit about the person that you actually are is all that i'm saying with that it's not like a joe rogan it's not like you'd have any real complaints about joe rogan podcast it's fine that they carry on carefree it's just that like the bob saget interview you realize that it's kind of nauseating at some point when they're just trying to kiss up to him but lots of podcasters wouldn't 
cross a Joe Rogan or wouldn't cross each other because they're all trying to kiss up to each other so that they can appear on each other's podcasts and be friends and make themselves more popular and more likable. It's just like I'm saying that there's flaws in a podcast format as long as everybody's trying to kiss each other's ass and the people that the person whose ass we're trying to kiss the most as podcasters, including myself, is Joe Rogan. You don't want to make a Joe Rogan podcast where you shit on Joe Rogan at all uh, because because like you're trying to be on his podcast one day you don't want to you don't want to say that you disagree with him or like be unlikable to him because then he would have reason to not have you on his podcast and he's the end-all be-all of podcasting that's the ultimate goal for podcasters to arrive on his podcast and that's why that's why the future looks so bleak sometimes is that like who else who else could be the person that anybody wants to be on their podcast when like Joe Rogan is that person now and he's like a representative of a baby boomer and is going to say things all along alongside all the things that baby boomers generation x people say ultimately at least to some degree and so that's that makes it so that people in my generation like might see it as difficult to see heroes in their generation rise up or like uh because because of the spell that's been cast over them by the generation above us to for all of us to think that the generation above us their heroes are the actual heroes like this bob saget this bob saget joe rogan interview uh by 15 minutes in i had i had already heard them talk about the tremendous unassailable un unassailable un penetrable wonders of the big lebowski and get this dana carvey dana carvey how about dana carvey did you know dana carvey is one of the most talented people to ever walk the earth he might be the most talented he's the most talented person dana carvey yeah dana carvey is one of the most talented people as if people haven't come along after him that are more talented as if there are different mediums like music that there's people like there's how many people are more talented like just that you would just that you would read talent into somebody who does impressions or like that's one of the most talented people is like well he's actually more transcendent than other people with other talents like in music or whatever because he does lots of impressions so he's one of the most talented people and people don't realize it what people don't realize isn't that interesting even though everybody's heard this a million times what people, even though everybody knows that Dana Carvey is one of the most talented people because it just keeps getting repeated over and over again, what people don't know is that Dana Carvey is one of the most talented people. That's what pe people don't know that. Yeah. Like, yeah, Joe Rogan and Bob say it for saying that about Dana Carvey, having a 10 minute conversation about how fucking wonderful Dana Carvey is. Like, uh, y you guys are his friends for doing that, I'm sure. Yeah, you guys are really you're really on his side to do that. I'm sure Dana Carvey loves to walk around having to deal with that he's one of the most talented people on earth and having it be repeated back to him when he knows it's like he has talent alongside other people's talent. Like, uh, people have come along that are more talented than Dana Carvey. Plenty, plenty. Like, Fred Armisen is more talented than Dana Carvey. As far as people who do, who do impressions, if you don't appreciate Portlandia, then whatever. Like that statement totally like that totally rubs you the wrong way. But Fred Armisen can do more characters than Dana Carvey and do more accurate characters. He can do fully developed characters for lots of different characters. Like he can do impressions of all these different kinds of people that actually exist in the world. Dana Carvey does impressions that are he does a lot of impressions that are generally accurate. Like uh, I feel like it's part of the knock on him. You already know that he doesn't do exact impressions. He just does a lot of them that are generally accurate. And so therefore he's one of the most talented people, but that's just like generation X thinks has been able to sell us on that for a long time because of the spell that's been cast over the entire world by, by the, uh, by their generation, by the control that they have over the pop culture universe for a number of years that we're supposed to believe in. And it speaks to that my generation has a more ambiguous identity, that we don't see our heroes as being actual heroes, but we understand that heroes are supposed to be from the generation before us. Like, we have a much more difficult time declaring our heroes to be heroes, or we don't really see them that way, but it just speaks to, just speaks to an understanding that we have of life that it doesn't matter that 
our heroes are what they are. It's like anybody's heroes are just are just what they are when you grow up. They're specific to the time period that you grew up in. And the generation above mine doesn't really understand that. They think that their heroes are the best and that they get to say that their heroes are the best. But maybe it's just that my generation doesn't care so much about heroes that they let the generation above mine carry on saying that Dana Carvey is like the most talented person. It's like Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson is the most transcendent talent ever. He was on a different plane than everybody else. Michael Jackson was on a different plane than everybody else. But like you're just automatically supposed to assume that and understand that you're automatically supposed to agree with that Dana Carvey is one of the mo- was the most talented person ever. Like, I'm not going to say that Dana Carvey wasn't talented. It's just that like, that's going to come back to hurt Dana Carvey at some point, because at some point it'll just be a meme that everybody's saying that he's the most talented when it's like, look at him objectively. It's not like he's the most talented. There's people like Kyle Mooney is more talented than I would say Kyle Mooney is more talented than Dana Carvey. Like, Kyle Mooney wrote a movie. Like, The Lonely Island is more talented than Dana Carvey in what their ability to write. Like, lots of people who are writers are more talented than him. Will Ferrell came after Dana Carvey is more talented. You don't call Will Ferrell one of the most talented people. But Dana Carvey is like people act as if Dana Carvey is more talented than Will Ferrell because secretly what people don't know about him is he's the most talented person like Will Ferrell's more talented Kanye West is more talented the list goes on and on like there of people that came after him that are more talented than him list goes on and on and uh plenty of comedians like Louis C.K. is more talented than Louis C.K. is more talented than Dana Carvey I would say like Dave Chappelle is more talented like who's everybody everybody's more talented than Dana Carvey it's just that like it's just that there's this uh you're supposed to read transcendence into people who are in SNL in the 90s based on what Generation X is trying to sell you on and like uh Joe Rogan is part of is, is part of that collective part of that group of people that's just going to tell you that SNL in the 90s was the best was the best decade for SNL is like some of the most talented people ever. It's not like there were plenty of really talented people in the nineties, SNL in the nineties. Yeah. It's just that like, don't make it so that they're the most talented or the most transcendent. That's just a generational thing. That's just generational bullshit. That's just generational, like uncut gems that people would say that that's a great movie is just because of the kind of people that base their identity around people who were on SNL in the 90s, like Adam Sandler, and that want to make it, like, people, the only reason that Uncut Gems, that people say that it's a great movie is because of all these people that love Adam Sandler and SNL in the 90s that can't live in a world where the rest of the world doesn't see Adam Sandler as a serious actor. They need, there's all these people that need Adam Sandler to be seen as a serious actor so that everybody can understand his transcendence and all his talent when it's like... Uh, Uncut Gems is a stupid movie. It's boring. Could you imagine watching that movie again? Could you imagine watching that movie a second time? It's a dumb movie. It's stupid. It's not interesting. There's no point to it. Like, are we supposed to say a movie is great nowadays just because 40 people are talking over each other at the same time in every scene? Oh, that's a great movie because they made the script so that everybody's talking over each other and nothing means anything. It's a stupid movie. It's not it, like, uh, it's, it's boring. I don't, the only reason it's great is because of the, reasons that I said because of this because of this identity that people need to have about people from SNL in the 90s like Norm Macdonald is the most talented the most funny person from SNL in the 90s in my opinion like there's nothing it'd be hard to it would be hard to truly knock him but it's just that it's just that stuff like that it's just that stuff like that but um but it's like Joe Rogan has yeah, he'll have like limit he'll have limits to his worldview, like where he's saying that where he's saying that uh So Uncut Gems is a stupid movie. Adam Sandler's not a serious actor. It's just people want need to live in a world where people think that he is a serious actor and can perform serious roles. So like, oh wow, it came out that Adam Sandler's actually good at serious roles. When it's like the role in the movie, he's just kinda anybody could have done that besides that like uh it's just just fuck adam sandler he was funny it's just forget about it i don't fuck adam sandler i'm not allowed to say fuck dana carvey because everybody's supposed to agree that he's one of the greatest towns of all time and uh michael jackson was a pedophile 
and not that's beside the point of that people make it so that he was on a different plane than everybody else the reason that i don't like that he's michael jackson's on a different plane than everybody else or we have the just that we have any of these people that are like so talented like uh like um like Robin Williams, as if they're not just people, as if Michael Jackson or Robin Williams isn't just a person. Everybody has to make them out to be an alien. And Elon Musk, too. It, people have to make Elon Musk out to be an alien just because he's able to do things that other people aren't, just because he doesn't care about restrictions, like just because he goes out and does things, just because he doesn't spend all those hours, you know, that everybody else spends where they're like, oh, what am I going to do today? Oh, I don't know. I guess I have a few hours. I'll just wait around and watch Netflix or whatever. I'll get my day started at 2 p.m. That's when I'll do my errands, whatever, when you have a free day. And uh, then when you get home, just like, oh, what am I going to do today? And then you're just really exhausted from not having enough time to do things. Like when you have all these free hours that you're just sitting around and acting like your life is really busy. Like I know that uh, people are really confused. Elon Musk is able to do everything that he does because he has like four companies that he's a CEO of at the same time. But uh, um, he just does things constantly without thinking. He's not like, oh, what am I going to do? He just does what he was already going to do. And so he has time. Like, apparently there is time to do that. Apparently there's time to be a CEO of a company. You see that Elon Musk is doing four of them. But then people say that, well, a person can't do that. He must be an alien of some kind. He has just like, we attribute him this giant amount of transcendence, act like he's not a person so that we don't have to approach that kind of thing ourselves or say that anybody, any one of us has the ability to do that. Or it's at least slightly common that you could uh, do something similar, that you could do something transcendent. People don't want to approach transcendence. Hence, Michael Jackson is on a different plane than every one of us because transcendence, because like talent, it's like talent is stigmatized in that way. Like Michael Jackson has talent that nobody else has and people who have talent are people who have talent. And if you don't have talent, then you don't have talent because there's a stigma around it because the borders around people who have talent is uh, the walls of that are really high and we want to make it that way. So we don't want to take response. So we don't take responsibility to be talented or creative ourselves. Like uh, Joe Rogan... I was watching a different one where Joe Rogan had Post Malone on, and uh, it was interesting. Like that's one that, that's one that probably people were tuning in, like general Joe Rogan haters, people who are in his comment sections all the time saying bullshit things that don't stick, that are meaningless insults that they've been doing for like ten years over the Joe Rogan podcast. Like the Joe Rogan podcast and the comments underneath it, there's always all these people like Joe. Then whatever Joe Rogan said during the podcast in quotations, Rogan, like Joe, strange times, Rogan, Joe, oh, it's all about your biology, Rogan, Joe, like, but they say these dumb insults to shit on him that are petty and stupid and like, don't get anywhere. It's just people that are jealous or angry of Joe Rogan, don't have anything actually to say about him. But the comment sections are always filled with like, oh, you're wearing Joe Rogan. Oh, it looks like you just wore pajamas today. Or like, you just look like you're, you just look like you're, your bald head and your pajamas like did you even try or whatever they're making fun of his clothes or his look and uh it's kind of petty and funny i guess that's what youtube comments are are for youtube comment sections go up and down in terms of their relevancy uh if you ask me in terms of the relevancy they go up and down they go into the like in terms of the relevancy sometimes youtube comment sections are really on point and then sometimes they're taken over by hipsters you don't want to read any one of them it's like across the board too sometimes sometimes youtube comment sections are producing lots of good comments or but now at this point it's so static that doesn't any one video could you could look at what the top comments are and they're pretty good like I wonder if it trends toward the tough com that comments are getting better or if the YouTube comment section is dying because I feel like that's a common complaint too. Is that like, well, YouTube comment sections are dead, but the, it's the second that they're dead, they revive and then you're like, oh, there's a, there, there are good comments. You can always find where the top comment is actually applicable. It is in a lot of cases. The, so the YouTube comment section is not dead. And when it is, it usually revives itself. It keeps, it goes, it cycles back and forth. The YouTube comment section part of things, not just for Joe Rogan videos, for comment sections, YouTube comment sections on videos all across YouTube. They they go up and down, I would say. They cycle through being good or not good. And uh, that's a matter of opinion. When I would think it was bad, other people would think it was good too. So this probably, it's just like a useful thing that people use as far as, as long as you consider commenting to be a useful thing at all. But uh, probably people are tu tuning into the Joe Rogan Post Malone 
podcast episode just to shit on both of them because they're both people that people like to shit on a lot and they were probably horrified to find out that it was actually good and the entire thing was entertaining i didn't get through the entire thing but it sounded like they were headed in the right direction with their conversation that the entire thing would be entertaining just from the vibe that i got from it it sounded like it sounded like it went really well um and it was entertaining they said a lot of good things but in the beginning i turned it off because they were talking about creativity and it was annoying to me because they're talking about creativity in a way that's like the way that everybody talks about creativity nowadays like in the same way that in the same way that we build up uh the characters like michael jackson or a uh, pink floyd pink floyd we we build up these people that are meant to be really creative and they are so creative they're creative geniuses to the point that nobody can approach them and they're like a transcendent creative genius they're a part in their own little world separate from everybody else and they have to deal with that and we put that title on them and it's an absolute title that we give to them and it's really just a stigma it's a stigma that it's a stigma we stigmatize creativity we stigmatize talent because the world can't approach talent but that's just because the era that we've grown up in like the era of the last 50 years is so dependent on hollywood or as like uh, that kind of relationship to celebrity that there's these transcendent people in the area of performance and performance is just a word a term that's associated with talent and uh like creativity is more a word that's associated with the writing or the producing side of it that's behind talent and so i'd say that we're trending towards now uh propping up creativity more than we would prop up the word talent because talent is more for a, a performer or the person who's in front on the stage and creativity is more for the person behind the scenes we're more interested in the person behind the scenes now hence head managers and assistant hence we know the names of defensive assistant coaches and assistant offensive assistant coaches more and more now because we care about the people behind the scenes we care about the creative aspects of it the people who got to create the thing or like need to use their creativity in order to be successful because we're interested in the the people pulling the strings or whatever we're interested more in that now we're interested in the people who wrote the songs and we're tearing down all the pop stars like we're tearing down a Katy perry for not writing some of her songs or whatever and we understand the names of the writers like there's this guy who wrote a million pop songs during the course of 2000 to 2015 like every one of Katy Perry's songs every one of Britney Spears popular songs it's like written by one guy uh what was his name something uh Martin or something he has a really common name actually let me look that up you should you have to look at this video actually I'll put a link it I'll put a link to it in the YouTube in my podcast episode description this guy uh who wrote all these songs uh backstreet boy songs he's just like this one guy wrote all of them because he he's the guy with the formula like the formula for it comes from him he's like he's one of the people in the music industry that has a formula but he has a certain formula for music for songs like he's a guy influencing what is popular about popular music for the last 20 years like he's the most influential guy people didn't even know his name until recently and like people start to know his name more because youtube makes it so that you figure out more about people behind the scenes because of the availability of it. Uh, so we're more interested in finding out who's creative. So I'd say that that's a term that we build up even more than something like talent, but we stigmatize both creativity and talent by saying that people who are creative are the people that are creative and nobody, like that's not in people already. Like it's not in people already to be talented. But I turned off the Joe Rogan Post Malone episode because, um, they started talking about creativity and it, it annoyed me. Like I just was, I just would prefer to do something other than listen to that for three hours in a row. It's not that like this part of it was so annoying. It's just that it's just that it's interesting when it's interesting, the narrative that you are supposed to follow in society about creativity that like all this about people who wrote songs and like the stories of them writing their songs. And that's what, that's what, um, Joe Rogan and Post Malone started talking about. They just started talking about creativity, but in the same general terms that anybody uses, which are that like, wow, that what is creativity? It's weird how just a thought comes into your brain and then you use it. It's just like hits you at some point, and then you just know what to do. And Post Malone was like, yeah, it's like all of my songs are, they're like mistakes of some kind, which is like a new way of saying it so that's like that's not something i would have a problem with like all of his songs are he's saying all of his songs are mistakes or just happen one day because people are interested in what's creative about something but they don't see a creativity in themselves they want to give that to other people and uh they aspire to be like people who are creative but don't see it in themselves you stigma like um but 
so they're talking it's it's just the discussion that they had on create creativity is the same as everybody who's like oh you want to be same as everybody who's like wow weed makes you more creative or like wow you take you take the right drugs or you take hallucinogens just makes you more creative makes you more in touch with your consciousness and your imagination and uh makes you more in touch with your consciousness like i i don't have a problem with hallucinogenic drugs i'm sure it does all those things i'm just saying like that's not the end all that's not the ultimate thing and as long as joe rogan has all the influence that is that's a reflection of that society believes hallucinogens to be the ultimate thing and there's better things for that there's better people to be it's not like we have to live in a future where it's always joe rogan telling us how life is supposed to be lived and the heroes of joe rogan are our heroes or whatever it's like it doesn't actually exist that way and um so they're talking the conversation they have about creativity is just the same in line with all these people in the music industry that are famous like robin thick or whatever pharrell and uh anybody who's writing songs that they're like wow it just happened in the studio just clicked in the studio we wrote this song in five minutes all these stories about we wrote the song in five minutes and ten minutes just because the creativity hit us at the right moment because we're so creative because we are the creative people that like we're able to like this is where it happened it happened right in the studio like there's all these videos made about behind the scenes like it happened right in the studio it just started it started with this beat right here and then uh it started and then off of that we built it and like that became the song but it's just like an idea that popped in my head and that's where we wrote it right in the studio it just all came together like the like uh the movie pop star the parody of pop music pop star never stop never stopping by the lonely island is kind of about that same thing it, it mostly makes fun of the justin bieber live documentary like the justin bieber documentary about justin bieber's life because the justin bieber documentary is just about it's entirely made just as propaganda for justin bieber so you understand how talented that he is that you that his that his place as being talented in your mind is secured along into the future is what this movie is about because you because uh the people who made the documentary understand that the country the world as a whole is trending towards uh, reading importance into the creators of the music and so they needed to paint Justin Bieber as somebody who wrote all of his music so you understand oh it's like creative he's in this Justin Bieber's in the studio with his incredible mind his incredible thoughts making all this music all on his own like this is how it started and he plays every single instrument like he's so creative it's amazing like he's actually creative that's that's all it is it's just propaganda for you to understand that Justin Bieber is actually creative it's not like it's not like he's not creative it's just like he does have a team of a bunch of people helping him to write it it's not just him but that's what they're going to try to make it out to be so that you understand it to be talented more so than that he's just a performer because you have to be a writer now you can't just be a performer now and so they wanted to secure justin bieber's place in your minds as being really talented and transcendent far into the future and you have to believe like he's capable of imagining whatever and that his imagination is beyond comprehension it's unlimited he can do whatever he wants he's totally creative but like pop star never stop never stopping is about that it makes fun of people who say that kind of thing and the song that it the movie ends with is called incredible thoughts and they're talking about like there's lines in the song like my own mind blows my mind and like what if a garbage man was actually smart like because they have incredible thoughts that they came up with that they put into this song because they're amazing to create them and it's all just like the the song is about they make fun of people who think that they're incredible for having incredible thoughts and uh it's just about making fun of people who think that being create that it's it's making fun of the stigma of creativity the stigma of talent that people put on people who have talent but it's one that you build up when you say well michael jackson was an alien actually he wasn't a person to be able to capable be capable of being a really transcendent performer he's uh he's more than that and like just people get into this discussion about creativity as if creativity is only from aliens is from god it's from you being in touch with your imagination through hallucinogenic drugs and like that's that's all about you being in touch with the consciousness that comes from you understanding how amazing your mind is for producing thoughts like oh how does it happen at all like what's the what's the point of that what's the point of trying to figure out what it means to be creative when it's just it's just people not wanting to approach creativity that you always have to have all these discussions about it as if it's some sort of transcendent medium it's just people don't approach creativity you don't believe me it's like it's just at some point we'll have we'll understand people will understand that creativity is within themselves and it won't be this big thing that we build up to be as some 
amazing gift from above that you become creative or that you're talented. People understand that talent is for them at some point. It's just that we don't realize it's it's a revolution to people that they could be talented or be famous or they could be creative. And that's what that's the entire relationship we've built towards performing over the last century through Hollywood is the revelation to a bunch of people like to a society a number of generations that got wise to the fact that well talent is kind of within ourselves isn't it Creati- creativity is with- is within ourselves and us first approaching that is by building up all these characters stigmatizing these celebrities and these characters to have it to make it so that we understand that it's true of some people but that it's too transcendent for regular people to have it but it's like the same thing as when it's the same thing as when ancient greece had greek gods like ancient rome had roman gods uh of love and peace it's because it's like something that they felt that they were subject to that they were unable to understand within themselves like love hadn't widely integrated itself into society like you think that like i know that the ancient romans at that point didn't entirely buy into their roman gods or whatever they thought it was kind of just more of a a general guidance that you could look to rather than that they were like totally absolutely believed in them but they still believed in the gods of love and peace and whatever but you build up gods of love and peace and the sea because you feel like you're subject to them because you have this superstitious relationship to them and uh people don't see themselves as being able to take part in the sea or like having mastery over it or like they they have a superstitious relationship to the sea where they think that the sea is going to try to destroy them rather than that they understand the sea to be under their under their mastery or like it's the same thing with love and peace that they build up these gods for them that you have a god of love is that society hasn't integrated love into itself like you think that ancient rome uh had you think that ancient rome had a lot of love and peace across all of its citizens like uh no and part of that is because they hadn't mass they hadn't mass integrated it into their society because they felt in part that they were still subject to it. They didn't see love and peace to be within themselves, but at society at some point did start to realize that they integrated it into their, into themselves to the point that we don't have to feel subject to love. We write a million songs about love because we all understand ourselves to be capable of having a falling in love or having a loving relationship at some point society be, sees it within themselves and it's just like everybody understands that they can apply it to themselves and everybody has an interpretation on it and then at that point we don't feel subject to it anymore it's just that 2000 years ago we were doing that with love and peace and currently in this day and age we're doing it with talent and creativity where it, like where we have to build up gods for talent and creativity michael jackson wasn't a person he's the god of talent he's that we're subject to he's on a different plane he's a god you make him out to be a god when he's just a person that's a stigma you stigmatize talent is the same thing as not everybody realizing that it's within themselves but you like he's the god of he's a god of talent pink floyd like listen to every how long am i going to have to play along with this narrative that pink floyd was like oh they were just mentally confused about things like the psychosis of pink floyd oh that create that allowed them to be so creative because they're on a different plane than everybody else like that like Roger Waters of Pink Floyd is just so transcendent and like the mental problems he has, like the, the psychosis, you know, the creativity, because you can only be so psychotic as to like crazy. The more that you're a genius, the more crazy you are. Like he's just like so crazy. He's the only person that could uh, even arrive at a place where he could make as creative of music as Pink Floyd did. It's not like, like Pink Floyd obviously had great music. I, I don't mean to trivialize Pink Floyd, but uh okay thank you but okay thanks for pink floyd i'm glad that they were really transcendent we need to stop making a god out of them so that we can move on with our lives that they're like like pink floyd the amount of creativity the outer space that like our connection to outer space is through pink floyd and the psychosis that's brought about through the creativity of the outer space like the joe rogan mysticism mentality of it all that's going to connect us through the weed through our imaginations and the consciousness you know it's just kind of like it's just like rhetorical it's rhetorical and uh it's the same it's the same kind of mentality just i'm talking i'm talking in generalities but i hope you understand the the uh what is it the aesthetic that i'm painting for you it's just like an aesthetic the joe rogan but it's it's the joe rogan kind of mysticism is similar to the 
creativity is king. Creativity is God uh, that we want to read into things with building up Pink Floyd to be what they were. Like the dark side of the moon is the greatest creative project ever. And it'll be that forever. Like there's nothing. That's the whole thing is that we can't, nobody here can do anything as good as Michael Jackson or as Pink Floyd, according to the generation above mine, because we're always going to do, we're always less than them. But, uh, but I guess that is the case just when you have a more, more abstract hero or a hero that was older that like you um more archetypal that everything everything else descends off of like a more archetypal hero is going to have more of the market share and is going to be one of the greatest like there's something to be said about pink floyd and michael jackson being the greatest in their fields you know like it's not like it's not like that's not true it's just that uh, as long as you keep wrecking, as long as you keep having to live with that, you, that creativity only belongs to the really creative people like these people, then you don't ever get to, then you don't have to approach it. You don't have to approach. You just know that like m these people are on a different plane and they're basically like aliens. And as long as you say that you totally discredit yourself from seeing yourself in them or or the more that you do that is the more that you don't see yourself as related to them or don't see those people just as people or that like people are capable of talented things like there are people that are there are levels of talent that people have within themselves there's levels for potential of creativity people are more creative than each other it's not like everybody has an equal level it's just that it's stigmatized when uh you don't get to read any sort of relativity into the situation that people have relative levels of talent uh that like if you don't see it as that if you don't see that people have relative levels of talent but rather see it as that it's absolute like you're on one side or the other you're talented or you're not uh, then, uh, then it's stigmatized as long as that's happening. It continues to be stigmatized, but it's stigmatized as long as we have to build up these heroes about it that like that you don't get to approach it that other anybody else that comes along isn't as talented. But uh, but it might just always be that way that will like or there just has to be new mediums that develop for different people to be the most archetypal hero of that like. But is that even possible? It's just like my generation doesn't deal with making heroes out of people because we just disgrace our heroes right away. And hence memes, hence, hence memes, hence cancel culture. Like we shit on our heroes immediately. Like Inception was a great movie that came about during my generation, like in the throes of my generation. Inception is a great movie that we would all remember. It could point to like, oh, remember when Inception came out? But it really only took us like four or five years to shit on Inception and be like, okay, yeah, Inception, whatever. People like Interstellar, the same thing. We all agree that that was a great movie, but nowadays only took us like five or six years and we're like, oh yeah, shit on Interstellar. Interstellar, that's stupid or whatever. Like it becomes a meme at some point. It just becomes a meme and we shit on it because our generation can't deal with having heroes, can't deal with identifying through singular entities that everybody unites himself behind. We don't really do that with our heroes. We just shit on them. And therefore my generation has a more ambiguous identity. And I think the generations above mine don't like our generation for doing that or just continue to act as if having lots of heroes is the only way to live or like having lots of archetypal heroes that they make out to be gods that make it so that they don't approach the things that those gods represent like i feel like my generation might be more in the business of trying to approach all categories seeing all categories as equal but that's just every generation that comes after the previous one probably does that to some degree they break down previously uh archetypal gods and heroes whatever and uh find specifications within them they articulate more specified definitions about the gods or more like so that they have their own gods that arrive as derivatives of the original gods you know generations just do that as time goes on so like my generation would have gods in different in different ideas like you would describe it in different ways like like somebody who's somebody who is uh the father of memes or like the father of podcasting like i guess kind of it's kind of like joe rogan would become a a god for of podcasting for us at some point or at some point that's like what he would be remembered as it's just that um that i have to stare into the future like 
it's it's upsetting to me that I have, that I'll have to listen to the next thirty years about the amazing impact of Joe Rogan. But like it's it's whatever you have to. That's what he deserves. That's what he got. Like he deserves that. That's you take a risk for revolutionizing an entirely new medium. You take a risk for going into that when nobody else is doing it. When people don't understand what you're doing or see the value of it, and then all of a sudden you blow up to be the biggest thing. Like uh, like I understand the value of that or why he deserves for us to talk about him. But it's just upsetting that. And well, that's what that's what the future is shaping up to look like. Like. Uh, he'll just we're gonna have to hear about how great his revolutionary exploits were whatever and um yeah but people people definitely do that they make it so that people just stigmatize talent so that we're like talent but they do that by applauding (laughs) it just it just shows that we're immature with our relationship to talent that everybody has to applaud people who are talented or like they're amazed at it they want to they want to distance themselves from it by complimenting endlessly people who are talented and building up the people who are more talented to be more talented like it's not like the people who are more talented don't deserve more applause it's just that that shows the distance between regular people and the heroes uh is the amount of applause that they would get is like that is a distancing that's a distancing action that you're like applauding somebody or complimenting somebody. It means that you don't ever see it in yourself. But I'm saying like the same way that at some point everybody found it within themselves to say that they have the capability of falling in love. We will at some point in society, maybe in a hundred years, realize that talent and creativity don't actually mean anything, but we'll realize that at the point that everybody, everybody's allowed to apply an interpretation of it to themselves rather than that they have to distance themselves from talent and creativity and, uh, in the name of being modest to say that they don't have any of that when it's just like our relationship to it is that we all are are interested in the fact that we do see it in ourselves and we uh, project it onto our heroes at this point in time and at some point that projection will just be within ourselves like will and then at that point we won't build talent and creativity up to be these big things and we won't have the superstitious relationship to it as if it's like something that we can't be masters of uh is all that it is and uh so it's like because we're like we act like it means a really big thing to have talent like it's a really big thing to be a creative person like you're creative and then what's funny about it and what i'm making fun of in people who are known to be creative is that they act like that is that they deserve absolute worship for that like people act like it is amazing the incredible thoughts like that they have talent that they can create something that people are creative so if people aren't creative but like but like uh yeah, I mean, you see the same thing in religious circles. We call God the creator. We call, in for Christians, we call God the creator as if creator is only a term that applies to God, but like God is the creator that takes away from that people are able to see themselves as being creators when all creativity comes from God. But like that's just, uh, that's the most archetypal way that you can make creativity a God is you say God is a creator. Uh, you say God is creator when, uh, and creativity comes from him. You're not supposed to see create like creativity from you yourself. Isn't as it will always be subpar to the gods of creativity, but like, that's just a relationship that you build up to creativity to make it so that you don't have to approach it. Don't have to take, take responsibility for your own creativity, your own creative thoughts that come into your brain. And the more that you don't take responsibility for that is the more that you're saying like, other people are creative. I'm not. It's more that you're like, I don't I don't care about what I am allowed to speak on, what I think to speak on. It's not important because I don't really get to speak. Creativity belongs to other people. I'm not responsible for that. Authority belongs to other people, you know, it's like it's a it's a theme. It's a theme that it's a theme that I'm talking about. But like so I told you so if you don't understand what I'm saying, I'm saying I'm saying fuck Joe Rogan, fuck Dana Carvey, fuck Pink Floyd, fuck fuck pink floyd fuck creativity fuck michael jackson fuck talent because fuck all of those things fuck our super superstitious relationships to them fuck that we build up people to be more than people be a person that's all that's my message